Welcome to the Strategy Story Podcast, a show for, well, basically anyone interested in those real stories of people making it happen and making a difference in work and business. We're here to bring you some seriously cutting-edge thoughts from the worlds of strategy and storytelling. So if you're looking to improve your comms and your business story, or you want tips on leadership and culture, you're seeking strategy advice, or help on leading people through change, keep listening. I'm Kate Hooper, co-founder of Strategy Story, and we are inviting you into our community. So sit back, listen up, and join us. Hi, folks. Kate and Donald from Strategy Story here. Donald, hi. How are you doing today? Uh, brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I'm, I'm looking out on this beautiful summer weather thinking, didn't we have a wonderful June? <laughs> yeah, it seems like a long time. Billy Connolly said Scotland's only got two seasons, June and winter. Uh, I think we've got a lot of evidence of that at the moment. Although it's, re- it's really hot outside. Why am I talking about the weather? <laughs> because you're from Scotland and we love the weather. We talk about it all the time. But we're going to talk about other things today because we have got a brilliant guest this morning. Very privileged that this lady joined us. Kate Buell Armstrong, founder of Confuse.com and the Admiral Group. Very big companies that lots of us will have heard about. But you go back quite a long way with Kate, don't you, Donald? Yes. Well, I had the privilege of uh, being one of the supervision team in Kate's PhD. So she did a PhD based on her experience, trying to kind of make sense of and understand some of the remarkable successes that she and the businesses that she's been leading have had. And she was, A, exceptionally smart. She was really down to earth. She's really good fun. And she is, she's more than anything else, she's just like a normal person. She's she's achieved so much and is so humble and understated about it all. She was just a great person to work with. I mean, I learned a lot from Kate uh, and the story she told about her life in Confused.com and Admiral. It was a great interview. So you're going to hear this now, folks. We're going to lead to the interview just now. And then what we're going to do is we're going to come back and Donald and I are going to have a little chat on the back of the interview with Kate. And you're going to pick up on a little bit of strategic analysis, Donald, aren't you? Whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> All right, so here you go, Kate Bill Armstrong. This podcast is produced in association with Alitu. Alitu is a one-stop shop podcast maker tool offering call recording, audio cleanup, audio editing and publishing. If you want to start your own podcast, just like this one, go over to alitu.com. That's A-L-I-T-U.com and try out for a week for free to see if it works for you. It did for us. Delighted to be joined by Dr. Kate Buell Armstrong, co-founder of the Admiral Group and founder of Confused.com. Two giants in terms of our UK-based financial services. Kate, welcome. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. 
So straight into it, we're obviously about strategy and we're about story. Two very well-known businesses there. When you began, did you have a strategy? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Admiral definitely started off with a a strategy uh, in terms of, you know, we wanted to be one of the biggest players in the car insurance market. We wanted to be, you know, a billion-dollar company. Uh, I think we actually probably use the word billion pounds. And I am aware that billion pounds and billion dollar is slightly different. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so we started off with this really big idea. And then, you know, it was a small group of people uh, who then had this big idea and then are thinking to themselves, well, how do we actually make that happen? And sort of strategies develop underneath that. Uh, the context, you know, of opening uh, salvos in the car insurance market, which is a horrible, you know, from a strategic academic point of view, you, you would often use car insurance as the, uh, it's just, a, you know, an area you wouldn't want to launch into because it's just overcrowded. It's a commodity market. It, it's just so many players. It's just very difficult to, um, so we, so we had ideas about how we start that. So it was, you know, a First of all, was a pricing strategy and finding a gap in the market uh, that typically other insurers didn't um, uh, get to. Uh, and then we had strategies around, well, the sort of company we want to build to preserve intellectual capital because we recognize that that's really key to businesses, um, especially when you're starting up. You, you get, you know, to, to grow with a company is just invaluable experience. The car insurance market, for all it was really competitive to be in, was also very innovative. Um, and so we wanted to be an innovative company. And to do that requires a certain mindset and the way people think and the way you manage people. Um, mm-hmm. So all of these things became strategies that developed over time into something that you know, I can look back on and go, right, well, that's how we did it and describe it in academic terms. But in fact, when you're actually living it and growing it, you're just, you know, doing one thing, something happens, you have to react to it. And if you don't react, you you die. You, you have to be able to be ultimately adaptable. Excellent. Well, that's brilliant because it leads me into my next question. As you're telling the story of that business growing um, and the kind of skills that you have have to have in terms of being adaptable, flexible. I'm really wondering who is Kate Buell Armstrong? Talk to us a little bit about you, you know, your background, where you're from, and what led you to found these companies, be part of these companies. Um I, I'm a bit of a chameleon actually. And I think that's uh it's one of the things that became quite clear when I was sort of at university back in the day. My career choice at that time was you know, I went into computers, computer science and IT. And one of the things that became apparent quite quickly was that I I couldn't work for big companies. I found it very difficult with all the rules and the bureaucracies around them. And I had a sort of a, a plan for myself that, you know, I wanted to be, you know, an IT director within five, ten years. Um, and to do that, I would have to move my jobs around a lot uh, because even though, and this is 
why keeping intellectual capital is important. <laughs> you you know, I, I knew that I could learn something from one company and then I could take that and learn something else from another company. So I was constantly having to uh, convince employers that you were the company I was going to stay with and I'd <laughs> <laughs> um, and jumped around a lot. And, you know, I, I, I won't say I'm a rule breaker exactly. I do live within rules and I understand where rules are, but I'm de- I definitely push on the box and always have done and have always sought opportunity to allow me to do that. So I went into consultancy in the end, which is a great way of getting exposure to lots of different companies, doing lots of different interesting things and learning for yourself. You know, if I was doing that for myself, I would do that differently or that's a really good thing. You know, I'm going to nick that when I, when I become, when I, in the days when I become a managing director. So there's lots of that going on. And I was very, I think the word is entrepreneurial. So for the companies I was working for, I was often doing very new projects, you know, and I sort of made a career out of doing that. And then so when the Admiral opportunity arrived, I go, yes, and this is a group of people that I can really get on with. They're all slightly uh, pushing on the boundaries all the time. Um, And I think uh, to me that was important. And that chemistry amongst that group of people, um, so important to the success, I'd imagine then. And that sort of leads me to, to the next question then in terms of I totally resonate with that um, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, uh, staying within the rules but pushing them all the time and kind of not wanting to be boxed in because you can see this kind of big picture. Do you think that is kind of are those really important elements of being a strategist, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody can do strategy, but I think the people who are most successful at strategy, you know, I'm talking about practical strategy here, are the people who are just like that, you know, who do push, who have bigger picture um, views. I think, you know, in my experience, people, you know, people are divided sort of their brains, it's more the way their brains work. And some people like to go A, B, C, D, E, and they do a fantastic job and they're great at implementing stuff, but they don't necessarily look and go, oh, hang on a sec, there's a, there's a block around you know, P. We, we, we'll have to do something around that. They're just boom, 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 boom. Whereas I think you know, people who sort of go start at A and then go A to Z and then back to G and then over to M and you know, who jump around quite a lot, are perhaps less good at actually implementing tactics, but are, you know, they're the people who kind of can really devise strategy and be kind of flexible enough to realize when a strategy isn't working uh, or when strategy needs a little bit of a tweak. Um, you know, we're heading in this direction and actually you can see this coming on the horizon. So you're going to need to sort of go past it. So, um, yeah. I've forgotten what the question was now. <laughs> that's me. Um, about about like the kind of key elements of a, of a strategist, really. And that's really yeah. interesting. And I think lots of people will have different takes on that as well, which I think is really interesting because there's kind of lots of different takes on the term strategist. Well, certainly from my experience anyway. Um, but one of the reasons strategy story was set up was to tackle this kind of issue of implementation failure, if you like. So what we're saying is there there is roughly around three quarters of strategies don't actually work. So we've got a couple of um, 
researched reasons why we think that they don't work. But from your experience, why would why would strategy not work in a business? Where do they fall down? Why do why do strategies fall down? Uh, because they're not fit for purpose, probably. And you haven't got the people around them that have the vision to ideally see it coming and do something about it before it ha- you know it hits you like a freight train. Or and are flexible enough, you know, adaptable enough. And actually ego less ego about you know this is all about me and this is actually about a team or this is you know this was my idea and actually it's not quite panning out you know and there is this kind of when you start a when you start a business particularly what I'm doing now you know there is a bit of a you know you've thrown quite a lot of money at it and you just need to see you know it, you can't quite let go you, you have to tweak it and twit but as I say you, you need people around you even if you're not that sort of person yourself who can kind of monitor what's going on in an environment and go, well, actually, you know, with, with the way technology is working, this is going to happen. It's not happened yet, but it will. And it's finding a way around that. And Confused was actually quite a good example of that because you could see that the internet was growing to such an extent that you could actually have access to everybody's race uh, if you just could be bothered answering all the questions that insurers typically are asked. And that was where the idea for Confused was born, was because I know that every year you should shop for your car insurance. And we, in Admiral, we said to everybody, shop for your car insurance. It's really important to do that. And then, you know, I, I used to hate that because, you, you know, you don't know who's going to be good for you in any particular year. You've got to ring around. It's just like really time consuming. So it, it's just sort of seeing that technology can actually probably do something about that and think to yourself, well, actually, and then so that's where the strategy for Confused was born, which was I'm going to develop a company that meets my problem, my personal problem, which is I hate doing car insurance. And it's important for Admiral because eventually it became uh, an, entre- an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial thing. Uh, it's important that Admiral understands that too as a business because that's the way the market's moving. That's the way it's it's going. And, you know, you, you see sort of in 25 years, we've gone from 0% people using aggregators con- like Confused to 85 to 90% of people using them. That's a big kind of switch. And right. Admiral yeah. have always been on the forefront of that and have actually made a huge success of understanding that process. I think what you've touched on there also really resonates with us in terms of, you know, strategy is really a living, breathing thing. It's not a plan that you pull together either in isolation or with a group of people and then send out an email, pop up on a desk or a shelf and then leave. It needs revisited all the time. You have to like be on all the time, scanning the horizon, making sure you're speaking with people and just keeping it alive and keeping it going. Absolutely. Um, and I think so for us, when, when we say oh, these strategies don't work, they, that comes down for t- two reasons, really. And one is, you know, um, people don't care about it and they might not care for a number of reasons. It's not that they're apathetic. It's just that they've not been involved in it yeah. or engaged in it. And then the other reason is that quite often the logic isn't quite right either. And mm. also to get to that logic, you probably need to speak to the people who are delivering 
as well. So I'm just wondering, in terms of your experience, you know, what have have you found any really brilliant ways to engage people and keep people uh, working and enthusiastic in that living, breathing strategy? Well, Kate, it's funny you should mention that because I find (laughs) stories very. (laughs) Well, that's a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) The fact is that you know we all relate to stories, and you can use stories to be teaching moments. You can use stories to Uh, underpin uh, things that you're trying to do. So, you know, for example, one of the things we wanted to do in Admiral was to show that, you know, even though the managing director of of the company, as as he was then before he became CEO, he was just a person like you or me, and he listened, you know, and can make mistakes and all, you know, this idea of ego, I guess, and not because you're a big manager, you know, everyone listens to what you're saying, kowtows to you. And so we used to tell stories. He used to tell stories about himself, which kind of were deprecating in nature and made people relate to him. Um, We would tell stories about him. And, you know, we would (laughs) use them to to illustrate, you know, just the the key facts that 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 was the kind of culture we wanted to be in. If he's like that, then I'm like that, you know, and it's – and we – you know, and of course, you've got to then live those. You've got to live those things that you're trying to tell stories about. So that's just one example of how we use stories. But we use stories all the time. You know, about you know building up uh, to get everybody behind. You know, an idea to you know particularly confused. It was you know we were the the doughty five. You know, fighting against the whole industry and creating this kind of dynamic that doesn't really exist and actually is probably a bit unhelpful <laughs> in terms of sounds like it would be enemy. a very entertaining watch them <laughs> <laughs> you know making an enemy out of everybody but sort of gearing everybody up sort of we're the underdogs and we're fighting against this this thing and that becomes sort of strategic in the way you think about things stories are, are the way to keep people engaged and to you know, make them laugh and to give them insight into how things work. Uh, that potentially they go, oh, well, you know, that's not my job, that's not my problem. But if you can tell a story around the bigger picture or around something that's going on, then they can relate to, you know, they can relate to it. And that's sort of key. I think that's such a beautiful example. Thank you. Because it's all about, you know, when you're working with people and you're leading people through change and development, it's all about kind of humanising it as well in in a lot of business contexts too. And I'm going to steal some words from Professor Donald McLean here because he's because he's obviously not here. But you know, one of one of one of the, the things that he said that kind of made me think, oh yeah, I'm actually quite interested in your research. Uh, years ago when we first met, was like, have you ever actually seen? an organization like you can't put an organization in a box it's it's like it's a group of people that's what an organization or a business is and I think if we can kind of like capture that in the way that we're leading people and remember that we are just groups of people and that stories and storytelling is a way to help people connect and understand each other and learn together and give meaning then you know that's really really helpful and that example that you just gave I think is a brilliant demonstration of that He's absolutely right. You know, organisations are essentially people coming together for a defined purpose. Because this is the other thing, you know, people can Mm -hmm. be cogs that you can fit into, Mm -hmm. you know, some great mechanised enterprise. But actually, people have their own needs and wants. You know, from managing IT people, 
to going to manage sales team. Oh my God. They're just like they're different creatures. I don't even think they both, you know, they're they're the same genus. (laughs) They just, it's totally different. And it's just trying to understand how those connections are made and how you can make those connections to bring people along with you. And I've always found storytelling to be perhaps the biggest tool in my armour, really. So thank you. That's just fascinating. And it's so interesting hearing how you've applied storytelling and strategy. What's 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 your strategy now? What's happening with Kate now? Um, Postconfused.com and Admiral. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had hoped to retire, quite frankly. But things happen and uh yeah just we bought a, a gin distillery and you know it was a reasonable size and it was an interesting company because it had reached its organic level but actually need some help and it needed some help with from people who could come in and give it a bit of vision give it a bit of oomph um so yeah my last year has been spent learning all about duty and and I'm not talking about you know constitutional duty. I'm talking about Her Majesty's or His Majesty's customs and excise type of duty, uh, and you know all the things that you know producing alcohol. It's it's a very regulated business. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I'm hoping um, to inspire another group of people um, to build um, build on the brand that already exists and to take take the company into the stratosphere. Wow. Have you yeah. A strategy for the stratosphere. I like it. Yeah. Good. And on that note, I'm wondering, if you got, have you got any sort of advice or top tip or something like that to entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, whoever may be listening? Um, my, my top tips would be, would be things I've probably already talked about. You know, it's connecting to people. And stories is a good way of doing that. It's understanding people so that you can understand that not everyone is the same and you can make the most of the diversity that is in. And diversity I'm using in a way of like, you know, the way people's brains tick, they're all different. And it's, you know, letting people make the most of their talent and that will help you achieve what you want to to achieve. Um, But if you've got kind of the, the tools to do that, then you will make a success of your business. You just need to be adaptable and flexible and not have the ego about whether, you know, it was your idea, so it's so brilliant. <laughs> other, people, other people can help you develop that. Brilliant advice. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Kate Bill Armstrong. Can you come and do some consultancy for strategy stories, please? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell stories. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, Donald, so there you go. That was the interview with Kate. What do you make of it? Excellent interview. Um, I could see the two Kate show hitting the big time, actually. They seem to, <laughs> it must be a Kate thing, but it was really good. I'm actually going to start off with a question uh, for you, which is a question that you've heard me ask many times before. I learned from the late and uh, great John Shotter. What struck you most about interviewing Kate? Um, I think what struck me most about interviewing Kate is her real humanness actually and I I really resonated with her like sense of 
entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, if you like, and the her ability to work with people, but always kind of push the boundaries, not like to be confined to the box. And I think, you know, a lot of really good strategists um, are like that. They're always like scanning the horizon and don't want to be confined by a rule book. Well, Kate actually... Kate, Armstrong, Kate Boyle Armstrong touches on that as well, that she's the kind of person that likes not to break rules necessarily, but to yeah. push them yeah. and to test them and to squeeze them a little bit. I was really taken by the fact she said that, you know, part of the reason she did what she did was that she she couldn't see herself working for, for a big bureaucratic kind of organisation. And one of the things I picked up from uh, working with Kate was just how, vibrant and in a way anti-bureaucratic uh, the Admiral Group and Confused.com are of course there have got to be controls mm-hmm. but they were they were disruptors there's no doubt about it and they weren't just disruptors externally which is what a lot of strategic innovators claim to be I think they were disruptors internally culturally so they seem to have set about creating a culture almost as that was almost as important as disrupting the markets that they were entering and the way they've set about that and the use of stories and all that kind of thing. It's real brilliant stuff to hear. Yeah, really good stuff. But I'm also picking up on a word that you said there and it's test. And don't you think that quite a lot of the time, you know, if it, you know, we think about strategy and we think about plans, it's kind of like that's the rigid way and we've got to achieve this. But actually like a big part of innovation and certainly the way that we've developed our business is we test and we experiment and we do things small and step by step, like we can see the big picture and where we want to go, but you have to start somewhere, get a few folk on board, um, do something, do something small and then see how it grows. And then quite a lot of the time, and this is where I really kind of relate to your stuff on emergent strategy. It's about seeing what's working and then what happens as a result of that. And I think, you know, that's really comes through in Kate's entrepreneurial spirit as well, really responding to the environment and what's happened and happening. Totally. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It kind of, it, it kind of frustrates me a lot of the time when you use this term "emergent strategy." People think it's kind of laissez-faire, winging it, or just yeah. seeing what happens. And it's the exact opposite. It's like a much more focused intentionality, but it's totally in the moment. So yeah, you've got a big picture, and Kate's very clear that you know they want it to be a billion-pound company. That's a really ambitious. Yeah. But to get there, you know that, that that you can't foresee the future exactly. So to get there, you're going to have to respond on a day-by-day basis. It doesn't mean that you're giving up on the intention. It just means that you respond to what emerges. And that, that ongoing sense of something emerging gives rise to a new thing that you need to respond to and another thing that you need to respond to. So real strategic behaviour is about trying really hard to deliver what you've said you're going to deliver in a in a responsive way. And also giving folk the space, the people who are delivering the strategy, if you like, giving folk the space to work on their own initiative. And I think that's where we need to take a step back as managers, leaders, directors, whatever it is, and then not micromanaging people, but giving them the space to respond to that and use their own creativity and their own initiative. And and, and Kate, part of her task is to bring out the very best in the people that she's got around her. I had a kind of epiphany, if you like. I started reading The Art of Possibility by the brilliant Ben Zander, who's an orchestra conductor, 
And he said he, his life changed when he realised that his job was not to get everybody to do exactly what he decided they should be doing. His job was to create the best sound possible by allowing everybody to be their best. And his job was to weave that into something meaningful. And that's why strategies changed so much. It's gone from being trying to get people to do the plan to the leader's job now is to weave together these voluntary contributions into something strategic and coherent. You know, this word strategy is such a troubled word. Because oh, yeah. what Kate's really been talking about for me is as much leadership. Virtually any gathering I'm in, if you say to people, so what does strategy mean to you? Seven out of ten times people will say it's a plan. And the bottom line is strategic behaviour is not enacting a plan. I would love us to get to a place where we could actually explain the word strategy in like human terms. And I think the irony of our business as well, strategy story, is that the word story is kind of the same. They're, they're big words. What do they actually mean? But when you start to scratch away under underneath the surface of this, it's all about people. It's all about people organising together and it's all about people communicating with each other. So on that note, Donald, I think that's a great place to end this today. And let's do a little bit in the next episode on just what strategy is. And we can also help folk get their strategy into one paragraph. Come back and join us then, folks. Any questions for Kate or any questions for us, email us, hello at strategystory.co.uk. We want to hear from you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us here at the Strategy Story Podcast. You can listen to this podcast anywhere they're available. You'll also find all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes below. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with all our episodes. Thank you.